you are invited as we delve into the unhinged. Well, it ain't working now, Frank. the movie line. The grotesque. And the bizarre. Who calls me from out of the pit? Whether you asked for it or not. This is Late Night Psychorama. <laughs> We've talked for almost an hour <laughs> about Man of War. Well, well, let's get our priorities straight, kids. <laughs> All right, well, this is Late Night Psychorama. Uh, this will show that involves the three of us talking about more neglected and obscure uh, horror movies from, uh, I'd say, like the 60s until the early to mid-80s, uh, focusing more on the, the lesser known. So you're going to not hear about Halloween or Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Zombie or any stuff that's been kind of done to death, no pun intended. Uh, we just like openly ignore all that, and this isn't really anything that's academic or mm, scholarly or mature on any conceivable level. Uh, it's pretty much just geeks talking about dumb geek shit, and uh, yeah, very opinionated, random segues, uh, insufferable banter, and uh, what what else? Would you add anything to that? Spoilers. Spoilers, yes, crucial, crucial. It would be kind of awkward if we did an episode where we didn't have spoilers. Uh, I think we probably did at some point. Did forgot, we really? forget to mention spoilers. So. No, no, I, but I mean like where we like actually tried to keep everything like, oh, we don't want to ruin it for you. Yeah, that's, that would just that's seem too hard. So, yeah, that just seemed fucking worthless. If you haven't seen the movie, watch it before you listen the end. Yeah. I, if you I don't bet, care, I, just listen. Yeah, that's on some right. of the earlier episodes where we didn't really like list the names of the movies on the description or anything, that might be kind of hard. But that's uh, why we introduced them in the beginning of the episode. Speaking of which, why don't you guys tell us what three? Oh, breaking the mold! We're doing three movies today. Yeah, we're springing a surprise on you. We were gonna do two like we normally do and then we were debating on whether or not to swap one out for another and then ultimately we just decided we have no lives anyway so let's just do the three yeah so uh it's not like we have anywhere to be exactly so we figured we'd give you know all three of our listeners a nice little Halloween one for treat. each of you yeah <laughs> and uh what what movies are we doing today today we are doing city of the dead Whitewood, Massachusetts. A young girl, a stranger, has come to Whitewood to do research. She has come, she thinks, to study. Leave Whitewood. Leave Whitewood tonight, I beg of you. What power? Leave before it is too late. In spite of this warning, the girl lingers on. The guests are over 300 years old. Human blood keeps them alive forever. 1960, 
we are doing 13 ghosts. Do you have trouble seeing ghosts? Of course you do. Unless you have these special ghost viewers. You get them at the theater free so you can see the ghosts in the new movie 13 Ghosts. My name's Charlie Herbert. I'm not a ghost, but I do appear in this picture. That's telling them, Charlie. The new ghost viewer is the big new movie thrill you kids and your family will really scream at when you see 13 ghosts come to life in color. The fire ghost. The ghost lion. The monster ghost. And all the others you'll see through the ghost viewer giving you at the theater. 13 ghosts. See 13 ghosts. A wonderful movie for the whole family. Um, well, your third thirteen ghosts is nineteen sixty. Also, well, right? yeah, two nineteen sixty movies really dragging down the. Uh... <laughs> and the beast must die. When the moon is full, the beast must die. One of you is a werewolf. You must track down the werewolf. One of these eight people is a werewolf. Can you guess which one? 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 One of these eight people will turn into a werewolf. Can you guess who it is when we stop the film for the werewolf break? See it. Solve it, but don't tell. The beast must die. 1974. And uh, should we introduce ourselves? We can do that. I'm Joe. I'm Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Jonathan. Anytime we do the intro, I just think of I'm Jonathan. Yeah. Why? I don't get it. I I still don't get that. You just have to listen to the episode if you ever. I think that's what you said the last time as well. <laughs> uh, I think we should just get right to it. Uh, why don't we start with City of the Dead? Okay. And uh, you just uh, you 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 lead us in, Joe. In Whitewood, Massachusetts, in 1692, Elizabeth Selwyn was burned at the stake as a witch, but before her death she made a pact with the devil for eternal life. Centuries later, university student Nan Barlow travels to the cursed town for research and she disappears. Nan's brother and fiancé follow her trail in a desperate search for her. Will they also be consumed by the darkness that curses Whitewood? City of the Dead. Okay, horror. It's dead. more like Village of the Dead. Much so. <laughs> yeah. It's more like Main Street of the Dead. <laughs> Main Street of the Dead. <laughs> every time I watch this movie, like I already liked it the first time I saw it, but every time I watch it, I like it more and more and more. So Why are you moving. looking at me like that? I'm thinking about those cookies. Okay. <laughs> What's the alternate title of this movie, did you say? Horror Hotel. Hmm. That's another Danzig reference right there. Yeah. Say something. Say something. You want to start something? (laughs) (laughs) Was this a first time watch for anyone? No. Other than. I've seen this movie about 50 times. Yeah. And uh, you're absolutely right. It is one of those, like, 
perfect Halloween fodder. Like, this is a movie that plays on TCM every October for, like, <laughs> good fucking reason. This movie just, like, owns it. It's, uh, like, absolutely gorgeous. On, I mean, like, when it gets to the horror realm, like, that town yeah. is just, like, gorgeously The fog-engulfed town. Yeah. It's, like, like... It's it, shot very beautifully. Not, yeah, but not only that, like, just, like, how it's just, like, overstated and completely shameless of trying to look like a haunted town. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just doesn't care if it looks like your stereotypical haunted town. Like, it's like, no, yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Yeah. You know, it doesn't try to, you know, be clever with it in any possible way. It's just like, no, it's it's just absolutely gorgeous. Apparently, the movie was even shot in October. So I wonder if that just, like, ca- like is captured in, like, the film I believe it. I do. It just feels like a, a fucking total... Total Halloween movie. Yeah, absolutely. And it was kind of neat because, like, y- you see movies like this. Like, the Italians did a bunch of these. We did, like, Castle of Blood. And then also, like, you think, like, Black Sunday and all them. And this movie's just, like, the English counterpart of them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so it, like, it doesn't have that operatic style that the Italians have. But, like, in it, instead you get this... I don't want to say mundane because that, that 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 sounds kind of like a not as not as positive journeyman like yeah but but the fact that like it's it it feels kind of like a Twilight Zone episode where like things have like a mystery element to it you know what I mean there's like a lot of like what's going on in in, in this dark corner kind of element as opposed to just like out and out upfront horror and. uh yeah, like not as grandiose, but but at the same time, it does. It is because when it does get like really cracking, it really fills out the. Uh, yeah, it's got two sections where that kind of comes to a fever pitch. You were going to relay your thoughts. Before oh. John started talking over you. No, you just asked if, if this was a first viewing, and yep. this was a first viewing for me. Okay. That was basically it. I didn't know what to expect with this movie. I mean, I saw the 1960 year, and, uh, and it's, yeah, it's, I mean, this will have to be one of those Halloween staple, you know, films to watch. Yeah, this House on Haunted Hill. Mm hmm. And Black Sabbath are my three, like, absolute Halloween musts. But yeah, I always, uh, this movie cracked me up with the, the gas station attendant. I like how it had a little bit of, uh, of like just fun humor to yeah. it with him having to give directions to this haunted town to like every person that went by. Right. Yeah, this was originally supposed to be a TV. For Boris Karloff. Yeah. For Boris Karloff of Nova. And then the guy who took over, um, this is technically known as the first Amicus movie, which I did not know. Wow. Yeah. Um, they were working under the, the yeah, production title Vulcan, like like, <clears throat> like Spock. Yeah, Milton uh, Sabotsky and Max Rosenberg ended up forming Amicus, which ties into our... Oh yeah, yeah, and that film. was not planned at all. You know, nope. I, I, even though this movie does feel very English, 
like I bought the fact that it took place in America. Like the first time I've ever seen this, I always figured well, it was an American movie that just happened to import Christopher Lee for it. Yeah, well, I I never paid paid that much attention, but apparently most of the actors are English and spoke. Mm-hmm. You know, they were directed you know to speak with their best like North American accent. And it works because nobody sounds like they're obviously British. Yeah. yeah. It, it, and, uh, man, it looks kind of Hollywood, too, you know? It has, like, the... Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, it, that that town is obviously built on a sound stage, but it mm-hmm. looks very professional. Yes. Especially for its time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, with, with get, getting built on sets and stages and stuff like that, I mean, with black and white, it just... It works. Yeah, black and white has a, a lot of benefits to it as long as you have some sort of clue about what you're doing. Black and white can actually kind of do half of the magic for yeah. you. Oh, yeah, especially in, in a favor. movie like this. I mean, black. yeah, you can hide stuff in the darkness and you, whatnot. You couldn't make this movie in color. You know no. what I mean? You just I can't absolutely couldn't. Same thing with like Castle of Blood. You know, it, these movies belong in black and white. But uh, yeah, I think every like the first like quarter or like thirty five percent of this movie <laughs> is absolutely perfect, and then once like the second half comes in with like the the secondary characters kind of filling up for the main character, uh, they're not nearly as strong. But like the movie is so kind of like dedicated to its like atmosphere, to all the shocks, and to its like just like grip of horror that it doesn't really matter too much like you can live without like the first the the main the main girl in the beginning who gets all offed in a very psycho-esque way which is funny because this is the f- movie came out the same year as psycho mm-hmm. and technically was released uh before like by several months so they aren't biting off psycho but anyway she's like very spry and fun you know like she's an easy like person to watch and then the other cut people are a bit more workmanlike a little bit you know this yeah, it part. does kind of yeah, kind of suck that she, you know, leaves the movie essentially because yeah. she is much more enjoyable. Oh man, to watch than than her her male counterparts that comes looking for her. She's actually quite mesmerizing. I thought as an actress, uh, she's beautiful. Uh, she had a very you know nice kind of bubbly attitude and. Um, the fact that she was just like researching the town for just witchcraft and trying to get history just made her like innocent as she's walking through right. this thick fog where the church is boarded up and staying at the Ravens Inn. Yeah, word to the wise: if you're uh, learning a witchcraft class at your university, and Christopher Lee is <laughs> teaching that class, something's wrong. Yeah. Not just because of the ominous, uh, you know, implications of that, but also because he's dead. So something is really wrong. Yeah, yeah. Christopher <laughs> Lee's been dead for several years now. <laughs> I would be kind of. But uh, well, uh, speaking of which, and speaking of actors with presence, him and Patricia Jessel, Jessel, how do you pronounce the the lady who plays the witch? That's how I pronounce. Yeah. Them, well, I, I forget. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but. Those two are very commanding, mm-hmm. like especially her. Like she has this like cool witch face that like, and just kind of murky, yeah. dark, 
kind of presence. You know, her nose kind of uh, yeah, looked like, very yeah, much like her like, face is yeah. just like completely suited for the role. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one thing I, I would like to compliment is the brisk pacing. Like this movie knows its atmosphere is like really what's holding it all, and uh, and it works quickly to get everybody shrouded in it as soon as possible. Yeah, like the only lull it really hits is kind of when we 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 hit the reset button. Yeah. Oh, when yeah. we go back to the school and everything. Yeah. Right. I, I, they could have they could have wrote that in a way where you could have cut ten minutes of it out. Yeah. Like you could have had them packing up to go to Whitewood and been like, and then kind of like in that dialogue of them getting ready, be like, yeah, she's not back. We know something's wrong. We have to get there and check it out. But even then, it's still like a dude like walking around the town figuring out things we already know yeah which is always like the fucking crux of these type of movies <laughs> yeah i kind of wish they followed the um the other the other actress in in the film who was uh the re- the reverend's daughter yeah, the, the the librarian if they just took it from there and skipped that whole you know uh yeah bro- had her like snooping in. around yeah. and covering spooky shit and then those guys kind of show up a little bit later yeah we didn't have to watch them go to the town, yeah figure but, yeah and but yeah, I mean, like I guess said, it was cool to watch Christopher Lee kill a bird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do that. I do that when I'm at work. I have a little like fucking altar back like where I wash dishes. And like, when I want to get out early, I just kind of stab a bird to death and leave it there and wait for my boss to tell me to go home. Well, yeah. There are other things you could do to get sent home. (laughs) That one always seems to work, though. Yeah. Only that one. It's like, your boss is like, John, I tell you this every time. You just need to ask. Was that table wrapping? Did you hear that table wrapping? (laughs) That's just. (laughs) Wrapping at my chamber door. Oh, no, no. I meant like wrapping, like a wrapper. Like I'm a table, like yo, <laughs> doing my table thing. <laughs> Joe, what's the director's name of this? The director's name is John Moxie. Which, John Llewellyn Moxie. Well, if you want to say He that. also directed The Night Stalker. The Night Stalker. Which is really funny because this movie is... <coughs> Jesus Christ, do you have a cough? <laughs> yeah. This movie is like very gothic and traditional and the Night Stalker is very like modern, like it's got uh this kind of like cinema verite style, like it's it's shot on real locations in Las Vegas and it feels like seedy because of it. Mm-hmm. And like it's two it's like the supernatural in two different like ends of the spectrum. Like one in like this like very Edgar Allan Poe type environment and the other and like, oh no, this is Vegas, but there's a vampire fucking killing cocktail waitresses and prostitutes running around. And Darren McGavin. Yeah. And it's like, it, it, but like Night Star, it's like in the 70s, but it also has that like cynicism and, and you know what I mean? Like authority can't be trusted. It's got a downbeat ending. Like it's a very 70s movie and uh, this is a very like you know traditional gothic and like how he did 
both of those styles and did both quite well. I love the Night Stalker. It, most of his credits are, are uh, television or TV, yeah, and a lot of notable stuff too, like Kung Fu and um, Magnum PI and Murder She Wrote. None of those et are as good as the Night Stalker. Well, no. yeah, but I'm did he do saying. any of the of the of the show? Of the first season of the show, The Night Stalker? I don't think so. I think he just did the initial movie. Okay. I watched, uh, uh, I watched. I think, at least half of those. And a lot of them are really ridiculous. There's one that's like a blatant, um, or not blatant, uh, an obvious sequel to the, the Night Stalker TV show, where it's, um, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm using my memory of way back when, but... I think it was one of the victims from the vampire of the of the of the TV movie is in another town killing like football players or something. <laughs> this movie only had a budget of forty five thousand pounds. Yeah, I, I can believe that. I mean, like it's nicely done. Oh yeah, that, no, though. no. I mean, it's it. I mean, it's I know it's more very more than nicely done. It's well done movie. Like this movie, like kind of is one of those top dog of gothic horror. Yeah, like it, it it's very basic in its in its, you know, construction and its sets and whatnot, but like it's like they they paid enough attention to the, the detail to like make it so that yeah. every penny of that small ass budget exactly. was you know well placed. And the camera is exactly like where it should be to get like the the most potent delivery of creepiness in every shot, you know? What was, like, a... I wonder what, like, a, a normal budget for, like, a big movie would be at this time. Especially with England, because England... Like, no no other country was, like, Hollywood that went as preposterous as Hollywood for budgets and stuff like that for movies. It was probably at least double that, I would say, like, for an average movie. Hmm. You know what part I really like that I always forget about until I watch it? When the guy's driving and then he sees like that vision of the witch burning oh, and causes yeah. him to crash. For some reason, that actually like works for me. It's actually like something legit fucking creepy about that. Yeah. He can't stop. Yeah. He's getting drawn to it. Well, it, I, actually, I can, going back to the budget real quick, I can kind of paint that picture a little bit. Like the Poe movies, like the Corman Poe movies that were made like, you know, about this time, a couple years after that, have a budget of like, they're like 200 plus thousand. And this yeah. thing was made for 45. Oh, 200,000 okay. pounds though? Well, dollars, but. Okay. Well, this was 45,000 pounds, which I guess would be like around $90,000 at that time, I'm assuming. It was like always double the dollar, wasn't it? I don't know if it was. I mean, I know it was always more than the dollar, but. But that's still, yeah. That's that's still still like half. Yeah. Less than half, yeah. Yeah. You know, and and to go back to like how this is different from like the Italians and the the Poe movies, this movie is very like, has a foot in, in, in being modern, not just like. Yeah, it's very sober in yeah, the way it approaches yeah, the subject it, yeah, matter. Exactly, like it doesn't like relish in its gothic roots. It's very much like people from nowadays kind of traveling and finding this, you know, city s- folk, small corner of the world, and uh, and and which is funny because that was sort of like Amicus's thing. 
like which would go on like all like they didn't they weren't like hammer that made period pieces like all their horror movies except for like maybe like and when the screaming starts mm-hmm. um or and now the screaming starts um they take place in like modern yeah. times like stumbling all the, across ancient things all the um ancient or all the anthology uh uh movies are are, are tales from the crypt vault of heart like i can't think of anyone with a period piece segment in them either um asylum was like slightly period oh it, it, yeah i forgot about asylum but i can't remember anything about it either and by slightly period i mean like it was like early 1900s yeah, or something yeah, 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 like that yeah. i'm gonna have to grab a few of the, the i haven't watched any of their anthology movies in years except for tales from the crypt <laughs> And uh, from Beyond the Grave, which are probably my favorites anyway, if it makes sense. Asylum is so good. I might, I'll, I'll probably rewatch that because I'm going, I'm going, I'm running hard on movies until Halloween. It has the best wraparound story of all of them. Okay. Um, favorite moments. Oh, this one has a few of them. Yeah. Andrew, you go first. Uh, hmm. Put on the spot, I think maybe the graveyard scene where that cross, the shadow of the cross is just like <laughs> blasting the witches around the uh, the offering table. That's a good one. That's shot really well, too. Yeah. All the, like, the Dutch angles and stuff in that shot with all the fog. That's, that's pretty much the whole movie, though. Oh, Christ. Joe, you go. I'm thinking. When Nan gets dragged down uh, into the ooh, yeah. the the yeah. crypt and the the altar. Oh, all right. There's one part I really like. This is not my favorite scene, but there's that scene where the she goes to the church and the old man, the old reverend, is <laughs> yeah. giving her. One, but when he's done like his rant, he continues talking while slowly backing away from her to give her like that like <laughs> yeah. that like echoed like haunted yeah. voice effect and i wonder if he purposely plotted that if he was like i'm gonna walk away but keep keep like speaking so my voice just goes into oh. the shadows but uh i really like that i really liked both the parts you guys mentioned so i guess just the just the just the to add something new it would be when that guy's driving and then that witch burning so cool it is fucking cool do you know like in the beginning all like the the pro satan dialogue was cut out for the u.s release yep for horror hotel well when she was like cursing the town basically yeah even when the other guy's like satan or lucifer protect you know that got edited out for i don't know i don't know if we were very puritanical in 1960 still or i guess so yeah, I mean, wanna... it, the, the 60s hadn't happened yet. Yeah, so. but that's still, like, the 50s still had um, moments in movies that were kind of building up for the 60s. Yeah, it was starting to creep in. But... Psycho has some stuff in it that's very racy. But I get, you know, then again, well, this was released, like, two years after its 1960 release in England. So Psycho and all that would still be, would still, would have been done. And Peeping Tom was this year, too. That's mm. a movie we're going to have to fucking talk about. Yeah. This is the only movie that I can think of where that Hour of 13 concept comes into play. 
go on about the hour of 13 concept I know it in the context of the movie, but that's all that that's the the only way I know it. Oh, okay. I kind of count on you to know occult things for I don't know where I picked that up. But uh well you you I mean I I do have some of that shit in my brain but yeah, the, the, that's what I mean. this is the only thing that I can think of where I remember running across is do you think that this is idea. something that they just made up for the movie? Either they made it up or it's something old-timey that I've just never Can you explain read about. the context of Hour of 13 in the context of this movie for the folks at home? Kind of. <laughs> just, just try it. Wing it. Wing it. Uh, on this particular day, when they're doing doing this sacrifice, they have to wait for the appropriate hour, and at that hour, and like the there will be a, a thirteen hour a chime, toll kind of, on, yeah. on 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 the clock, and they they have to commit the sacrifice at that time, and no other time will it have the desired effect. Yeah, they don't explain it too too much, but uh but yeah, they uh, I I wonder if it only occurs because it's kind of like the town's bell tower what chimes the 13th time. Right. And I wonder if it only happens on like Maybe. candle mass. Yeah, all I'm getting is witching hour and devil's hour when I uh when I uh look it up. <laughs> Do are are you like me like when you when you watch this the 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 uh, the burning the witch burning scene in the yeah. beginning for some reason I equate it with the flashback scene in the Devil's Reign and I don't know why because I don't feel like they're similar but for some reason I always associate them in my head this this movie feels like the granddad of Devil's Reign to me like I mean probably because like. Yeah, I even guess though, that's kind of true. Even it's, though, it's, it's kind of cut from a similar yeah, cloth, like so even to though speak. it's English, it's still like I always looked at it as American, and um, and yeah, it, it it's hard because it doesn't have that weird nightmare haze that the Italian horror movies that are very similar to this have, and it's and like it, it's just it has that desolate, creepy town. Except that in Devil's Reign, it doesn't have that fog. It just has, like, the sand, yeah. the dirt. It's just, just, desert. The, just yeah. the desolation it's just of like, the desert. Yeah, but, like, the wind picks up, like, the, you know, it's like Gates of Hell, where, like, this, like, weird, like, debris is being kicked around. Yeah. And, you know, hidden secrets that involve, like, families and all that stuff. And then, like, outsiders coming in from, like, colleges that are doing, you know, weird things. So, yeah, I always... But, um... And also, like, yeah, the the whole the whole like slaughter of fucking satanic monks at the end. It's I I, I see I see like a relation to the two. I I see a relation to this in like all gothic. I think this is like almost like the king of that genre. Yeah. I mean, maybe except for like Black Sunday, which I can honestly, if somebody said that they would take this over Black Sunday, I can see why. Even though if I'm not so sure if I'm in that camp. Anybody got anything else they want to add about Surgery of the Dead? No. I'm done. I'm done with this movie. (laughs) It's great, though. Definitely watch it if you haven't, especially during this time of the year. It is a perfect October movie. So next we're doing 13 Ghosts. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cyrus and his family are willed a home by his now-deceased uncle. On the verge of poverty, they joyfully move in, only to find that there are already ghostly residents. Twelve, in fact, 
could one of Cyrus's family become the 13th? Ooh. The answer to that is no. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I kind of wish the movie did something interesting like that because this movie is like really fucking awesome and inventive and fun in like the first half. And then when it gets to that like crime mystery element, that's when it just falls apart for me. Yeah, I hadn't watched 13 Ghosts in a long time. It's been a long time for me, too. And, and I, I always really liked it. Yeah, and I didn't have my glasses. I felt like I was yeah. missing out a little bit without my 3D glasses. Mm. Yeah. Why don't you tell, tell, tell the viewers who haven't seen this about that gimmick? Yeah. So, William Castle, if you're familiar with him, you'll know that he's a uh, big uh, gimmick guy. Yeah, and all the better for it. Uh for 13 Ghosts, the gimmick was... Uh, what, what was the name of it? He had a name for everything. Oh. Do you remember what, what he called Illu- it? Illusio. Illusio. Okay. Illusio. Illusio, I think is... Yeah. Illuso okay. or Illusio? Illusio, I think Because Percepto it was. was the Tingler. Right. And Emerjo was the House, House on Haunted Hill. Hill. Right. There's always an O involved. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, when you do it, you just add that O to make it like 3D-O. So what th- what they did was you have you know the old school 3D glasses with the blue and red lenses. When the spooky scenes would come up where there would be ghosts involved, there would be a blue tint. And the idea was that the ghosts... Are, are in a reddish tint. So if you're too scared to see the ghost, you just close your eye that sees from the red lens. Can I interrupt you for a yeah. second? Because you're doing it a little bit wrong. That's right. The, it's the, the 3D glasses, but they had two stacks of lenses. One of them, both sides were blue, and the other one, both sides were red. And if you were a coward, you, <laughs> you, you wore the blue ones. So that you wouldn't see the ghost. Or, or, or I could be wrong. It could well, be the other color. And then if you wanted to see the ghost, you flipped them over and you wore them from the red end. We said if you don't believe that in wasn't ghosts. Or if the, you don't believe in ghosts. That but, wasn't or, but, the glasses that, that I had. Were you there in 1960? I wasn't. <laughs> no, they gave you just cheap old 3D glasses. But no, yeah, that was well, how they were. Okay, well, you know, it's, it's, that's still the idea is that... You either, I know, but like it, it, you, you have the red on if you want to see them. You have the blue on if you don't want to see them because you're a pan. Yeah, that was it. I want to see like if anyone looked through the blue and it was just like, oh yeah, yeah it's just a room. It's yeah. just a room for like thirty seconds. <laughs> the choice of ghosts was interesting. Like, why is there a lion ghost? Can someone explain yeah, why there's it, a lion it, ghost? Yeah. The, like, I, can, lion I can understand why the guy who got eaten by the lion is the ghost. Yeah. But was he like poisonous and killed the lion too? Like, why is the lion a ghost? Maybe he got shot after he ate the lion tamer. I was more I was more disappointed in the fact that he lost his head in the lion. And then he was looking, his stump was looking in the lion's mouth for the head. <laughs> How can it see if the thing with eyes is already in there? Joe banned this movie. Maybe he was just like, just eat the rest of me. I don't want to be a headless ghost. <laughs> but yeah, so I get the lion was a ghost. It just seems kind of like a, like a, a place filler almost because they should be, you know, combined as one ghost kind of. The uh, lion tamer and the lion. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess they weren't. 
I guess not. I guess the lion. I can't. Well, because when they were like flashing all the ghosts, yeah, the lion was one of them. That's what I remember. At least William Castle, though, to me, captures Halloween camp better than any director ever. And I don't mean like makes the best like movies to watch in Halloween, but like just like that campy fun element of Halloween. He's the one. Like how like his movies are kind of like traditional haunted house movies, but just like fun kid stuff at the same time they're like they're like the aged cheesy halloween decorations that like old stores have been putting up for every year you know he's like that incarnated in the film Mm -hmm. but yeah i kind of wish like the ghosts were more like maniacal and a bit more menacing they're just kind of there for like that gimmick there's a awesome scene this is the best part of the movie where they move into the house and they find a ouija board and and they start playing with the ouija board and then the Ouija board tells them that one of you is going to die, and it points at the girl, and even like floats up at her, like like the the little what's the thing <laughs> on the Ouija board that you move? It's called the you knew the that. moving piece or something. You, the, no, the, Joe um, knows this. The uh, come on begins with a P. Whatever, just tell come the, on, come on. I know you fucking. I know, know I do know it. You know I'm it. trying come to on. think of it. It begins with a P. I'm trying to remember what it's called. Pen, Keep talking. Pen. No, it's not pen. Pool, pool ghost. <laughs> pool, polder, pool ghost. Polder, polder game. Pizza ghost. Do you remember the Sega Genesis game, Polder Guy? No, I do not. Oh, my God. This would have been your favorite game as a child. All right, so you're a guy. You're a ghost that lives in a house. And... Um, What's it called? Planchet. 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 <laughs> All right. Anyway, just let me. I lay think Pole Ghost is better. Let me lay down Polter Guy, the, the the Sega Genesis game, and your job is to scare this family out of the house. Oh, so you shit. possess random objects, like a vacuum cleaner and stuff. Yeah, right? and a chainsaw and stuff like that, and you get energy from their fear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But like Polter Guy is like this like leather jacket wearing like cool ghost. Like he's like just like cool. And sometimes you like end up in hell, and you have to like avoid. It. It's I'm going back like 20 years more longer than that talking about this game. <laughs> Polter guy. Um. Uh, so anyway, the, I feel w- wait, fuck. What was the name of, of of the of the Ouija board? I forget. Planchet. 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 So the planchet aims right at the girl when the Ouija board tells her that she's the one that's going to die. Then Captain and, Howdy's face flashes. Oh, I wish. <laughs> and, uh, and then she's like, don't ask it when. I was like, this scene is great. And I wish this movie like kept this. Like, I know it wasn't going to get like mean spirited or anything. Like, <coughs> but I wish like the ghosts were more like dangerous. And then the main villain turns out to be a living dude. That's I, a lawyer, which technically is more evil than ghosts. <laughs> I wish that they had given Margaret Hamilton more to do because yeah, you know, she's just there because she's the witch from right, but you know, like from Wizard of Oz, right? But she's like a really good presence, and she's a seasoned actress. Like you, you could have given her a little more oomph, like a little, you know, just, like, just something to make her more could, of a red herring character. You could say that, yeah. You could say that about everything about this movie. Like, like literally, after that cool Ouija board scene, it's just kind of like, hits its marks and wanders around. It never really gets fucking cool. It's, a sh- it's not like yeah. House on a Haunted Hill, even though it's been years for House on a Haunted or Hill. Or The Tingler. Yeah, where like, there are t- scenes where like, that just deliver 
It just kind of follows the kid around a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and it just uh, it just yeah. Well, knows it also you know in in there. fairness, it also doesn't have Vincent Price, so it, it, it yeah, doesn't but, have but that in, going in, on to to. To to make up for the fact that you don't have Vincent Price, you can make up these fucking cool killer ghosts and a plot that's a little bit more interesting than guy knows there's money in a haunted house and is trying to get it. You know, do you remember the remake? Came out in like the nineties. I, I don't. Right, or I don't it came out two thousand one. I remember seeing it with my friend Brian in theater when it came out. I don't remember. I I remember. Um, Matthew Lillard is in it. And I, I remember like the like the look of it. I remember a few scenes, but I don't really. It, remember it has that like general. that kind of like that time period's like new metal style fucking garbage. Yeah, but the production <laughs> design's pretty cool. And I I have not seen this movie since I saw it in the theater October two thousand one, so seventeen years ago. But I remember like the plot involved like why there were thirteen <laughs> ghosts. You know, they were all in like containment. Like containers, yeah. and the people like there was like a security thing that trapped them all inside it with them all, and they were all getting released one by one. And I was like, I wish this movie did that rather than just like, oh, there's money. Uh, don't worry, we need to steal it before like ghosts find us or whatever. Or, or no, the guy was trying to scare the family out of the house. Yeah, you know, like just like this kind of generic kind of lame stuff. Yeah, yeah and you're kind of like, uh. What was the 13 ghost that was supposed to be? You were supposed to be like the 13th ghost, right? Was that it? I think, right? They never really. It's just a question well, was, mark. Well, no, no. I thought the 13th it, ghost it, was the guy who was going to die to. to to The next person to die in that. Well, yeah, right? but to yeah. fill his vengeance for right, killing well, him. Right. The, the ne- it was supposed right, to be right, like, right. like upon like the 13th ghost being created, like then that would be the end. Yeah. Like, I just got this feeling that they were supposed to be like the thirteenth ghost could be you could be viewer, you. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I really like the um, the use of color, like like when they would show like the ghosts, um, the red ghosts. Yeah, like it worked with that like kind of staunch black and white. And just so you know, you don't need the glasses to watch the movie. Oh yeah, you just yeah, see not both anymore. Blue yeah, and yeah, red. yeah. You yeah, they, there's. It'd be cool to isolate them, but yeah, it, it would be cool to watch me where you couldn't see the ghosts and you just watch people like <laughs> just watch empty rooms, yeah, staring. <laughs> at it. But I like the idea, like I like the idea that this this like supernatural like uh, pre they live like you wear these glasses to see ghosts like that was I mean not to gimmick era but for like the plot in the movie like that's a you, cool idea yeah and like they could have done more with that and it was kind of a cheap idea too it's like you just took three D glass technology that already exists that are pretty cheap and you just use one color filter yeah like that was actually like an element of the plot and i wish there was more to that i wish there like that was involved more there's so many like cool things that just like they introduce it's in the movie and they don't do anything with it they just kind of like find that one let's find the money plot and go with that and you're like what come on like you're you have like so many cool fucking elements that you just made up and you're like all right well i guess that's not cool this guy like like this little kid finding money under the fucking staircase is a lot more interesting than fucking haunted Hellraiser bullshit jumping out of fucking super Ghostbuster glasses. <laughs> like whatever fucking idiot wrote this shit. Fuck him. I'm glad he's dead at this point. Jeez. I'm glad he's the thirteenth ghost now. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, the guy who wrote this wrote all like the 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 classic William Castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did House on Haunt Hill, Tingler, Macabre, Homicidal, etc. Do you know that William Castle knew Orson Welles? 
Yeah, That's they worked so on weird uh, Lady to from of. Shanghai together. William Castle was born William Schloss Jr. And uh, Schloss is German for castle, so he took it back for a pseudonym when he started making movies. Mm-hmm. And he saw Dracula the play with Bella Lugosi when he was 13, and he knew then that scaring people was going to be his business. Didn't he say that... I think... Lugosi actually like helped him get a a theater job. Really? Even. Yeah. All right. Talk about something for thirty seconds because I'm going to tell you a really cool William Castle story that I'm just going to read because it sounds better than me ho humming and stammering while explaining it. <laughs> well, I was just going to say that John and I saw the William Castle cameo during uh, Rosemary's Baby at the Hearthon this weekend. Yeah, what was he? He was a producer on Rosemary's William. Yeah, his cameo. Yeah. I saw his production of Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, he's just hanging outside of a phone. He booth. really wanted to direct that. They wouldn't let him though. That was like going to be his. Well, the same thing yeah. with Lady from Shanghai was going to be like him, like showing like I can make a legitimate movie, like not just yeah. you know what I make. But they really it. wanted Roman Polanski. Yeah, that would have been interesting. I would like to peek into the alternate universe where yeah, William Castle directed Rosemary's Baby. I, I, it would have been funny if if he didn't go legitimate and it's fucking Vincent Price in a crib at the end, <laughs> just wearing devil horns. <laughs> what, what gimmick would he have gone with with that movie? Oh, yeah. You had to guess if it was a boy or a girl. <laughs> it's called Genderovision. <laughs> Pat from Saturday Night Live shows up to taunt you. <laughs> it's like fooled you it's neither <laughs> well man of war man of war living on the road alright so anyway he was working on a play and uh, he uh, hired a German actress named Ellen S-C-H-W-A-N-N-E-K-E so dear listener I'll let you find a way to pronounce that shit uh, upon <laughs> Learning that under then current theater guild regulations, German-born actors and actresses could only appear in plays originally performed in Germany. Castle claimed he had hired her for the non-existent play, not for children. I'm not reading the German fucking. Castle spent the following weekend writing the play and having it translated into German. So he was pretending that this was like a fucking German play. When Nazi Germany sent lady whose name I can't pronounce, an invita- invitation to a Munich performance, Castle seized the opportunity for an outrageous publicity stunt. He released to the newspapers what he claimed was a telegram he had sent, turning down the request, portraying his star as the girl who said no to Hitler. To add to the sensationalism, he secretly vandalized the theater and painted swastikas on the exterior. It worked. The resulting publicity ensured the success of the play, which he had just written in 48 hours. There you go. He was a, he was a brilliant businessman yep. and definitely like a carny. Like he knew, his, he knew how to build a fucking hype, get the audience excited, make sure they all had fun, and have them come back for more. Like he was, he, he was the living, breathing embodiment of that. It's like, if you don't watch my play, the Nazis win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There was one ghost I have to that looked especially creepy in um, 
in this movie. It, look, it almost looked like a clown or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. It didn't really show up that much in the movie. Like, it didn't have, like, his own part or yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I know, like... The, the Lion Tamer one had, like, a good part. Yeah. The, and, like, the, the one... Chef. It was, like, a butcher. Yeah, yeah. A chef. Yeah. But the other one's just kind of, like... Yeah. They did a lot of repeat, you know, sequences yeah, with yeah. the ghosts. Or there was, like, that swirly vortex Oh, thing. yeah. That's a ghost, that's just too. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the ghost I want to be. <laughs> the one that's when, spinning like, around. Yeah. Like, like, when I, like, haunt, like, my dead wife to tell her that I'm in the afterlife and I'm okay, I just want to be this fireworks <laughs> vortex thing that just chases her throughout the house. <laughs> Sets her on ghost fire. Yeah. That's ridiculous. You'll never marry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to see I would be the lion. Uh, do you guys want to do like a favorite part on this one? Or I already or said no? my favorite part, so you can go. What was your favorite part? The Ouija board. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A good part of the movie. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. And then Margaret Hamilton's exit is a nice oh, yeah. little. Yeah. William Castle's uh, introductions always brilliant in these movies, though. Yeah. yeah, it was neat. Apparently, he he when they when they filmed her her exit when she 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 picks up the broom and she kind of looks into the camera for a second and then gives like the little eyebrow and mm. then like w- walks away. Apparently, he cried. Really? Yeah. Wow. I guess he was a big Wizard of uh, Wizard of Oz, Oz fan. Yeah. Mm. Because, you know, she had already said that that was going to be her last. Oh, really? Movie, yeah. Aww. And it actually, it it was, she did make a very tiny little cameo in a movie, like, 18 years later, basically, okay. because whoever made it, like, I think knew her and, like, begged her yeah, to, yeah, yeah. like, to do it. But, I mean, that was, like, her last, like, legit actual, you know, film credit. I guess she had had enough of. Did we bring Hollywood. up the ghost seeing glasses in your synopsis of the movie? No, not in the synopsis. We talked about it shortly after, yeah. though. Okay, as long as it makes sense when when the people listen to it. Cause yeah, I, remember I just think it, starting talking about. You ghost want to go glasses. back and do it over? Just, Let's just do all do all. Yeah, of it. fuck it, fuck it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, let's do, do it. City we'll do it live. Too. Fuck yeah. it. Do it live. <laughs> do it live. <laughs> Fucking thing sucks. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I hope you assholes have seen all these movies because we're not, we're not competent. <laughs> dude, there's gonna be some dude who's never seen this movie, and we just start ranting on about ghost classes. <laughs> out of fucking nowhere. I like that. Leave that in there. All right. Leave favorite what in scenes. There? Favorite scenes. Let's go. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. We just did favorite yeah. scenes. What there's was only, your favorite scene? I, I can't really think of one besides that though. The Ouija board scene. Yeah, like, that's I mean, the best fucking part of the movie, far and away. Yeah, I mean, I can't. Th- I'm trying to think of any sort of like standout scenes in the. There, there really aren't a whole lot. I mean, all the ghost scenes, maybe. Yeah. But I mean, even those kind of like. I, I wish they did more with them, but. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, the the horror elements in um, in the other ones, like the Tangler and House on Haunted Hill, are, are much stronger than. In yeah, I, mean, I know this movie feels almost like it's more for kids. Like even the is. main, the leader of, or like the main character is a kid. Well, not the main character, but he's got a lot of screen time. You know, what would have been funny if they 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 went a little more jokey with it and like as uh, the char- well the char- the characters in the movie have glasses to see the ghost too and yeah. so um 
And if like they put on the glasses and they're like, I don't see anything. And there's like red ghosts behind them and all the kids in the theater are like, there it is. You know, like yeah. that, that would have been yeah, more fun. Yeah, that yeah, that's what I mean. Like th- that's thinking like with like, oh, we have this thing. Let's do stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, do see something But they that. never really did that at all. <laughs> yeah. Like even if they didn't want the gimmick, you just had that as a plot point. Like we have glasses that you can see ghosts in. And like you could have done so many cool things with that and just they didn't. They did that in the remake, right? They had yeah, glasses. Yeah, and- I think oh, so. Like, I, I might rewatch the remake just for the fun of it. I was Maybe to go country. down memory memory uh, lane. Um, I guess like it's weird because like the scariest part of this movie was probably the weird costume that the lawyer wears trying to scare them. Yeah, that's I mean, a great mask. Yeah, it's all too. like weird cobwebs and yeah. grossness. But yeah, I um, you know what I thought. This is just to get into the fucking my brain. Can you name a movie that before this that has split screen? There's a scene in the beginning where the wife calls the husband and then the movie goes into a split screen where you see both of them on different corners of the screen. Oh yeah. And I can't think many people 1960. Yeah. What was what movie did that? I'm pretty sure there's something that did it before this. I'm pretty sure this movie did not invent the split screen, but I always knew that from like Brian De Palma. You know what I mean? Like right. it was um uh him and Martin Scorsese for like concert and theater productions. They did the split screen so you would have the th- the, the theater like the stage on one screen and the audience in the other. Mhm. Wait, wait, wait! Say that one more time. You said you did. They did the split screen on stage. No, right? That's not no, what that's said. not what I said. Okay, I said they again. would, they would, like they filmed like theater productions and stuff like that, and they would have. That's what I mean. Yeah, and so when they when it was released, the movie would be in split screen. Oh, and they would be yeah, filming so the audience. Half, yeah, half okay. of the of the of the of the. Uh, uh, screen would have like the stage like the people playing well that's right it just got me thinking like what if like someone had done that on stage like in a, during a play like they split the stage almost and they kind of had two scenes going on it could have been oh, like, I something think, yeah i think from- that I, I can see i think they do do that like if there's like a telephone call right yeah, you know what yeah, i mean yeah, and they, they have, have like, like them lit there. on different ends of it. Yeah. yeah yeah i can see that but no no this was uh i forget what it was but brian De Palma did a uh, he filmed a, a, a stage show it was like a theater production that audience participation was a big part of it. Like people like shouted stuff at reactions yeah, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So he was like, he didn't want to lose that, but he didn't want to lose the rhythm of the, of the stage. So during stuff, like when the audience would kind of get in, he would just cut to split screen. And so you would have like, Still it's go, mm-hmm. but on the other side of the screen, you're watching these people going, Ooh, and Martin Scorsese did it during his Woodstock footage. I think it was. Was that it? Yeah, w- Woodstock has a lot of yeah. split screen stuff in it. Um, earliest uses of split screen that I can see from this list that I managed to yank up here. No, you're just doing this by memory. There's um, there's actually a lot. Uh, I mean, not not a lot, but like there's. What's the earliest? 1898. Damn. A oh, Sa- for fuck that. <laughs> well, Castle, 62 Santa- years fucking late. A Santa Claus movie. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, apparently the, 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 uh, as far as like studio films, like in like the modern sense, a movie called indiscreet in 1958 appears to be the earliest one with Cary Grant and 
Ingrid Bergman. I'd feel like Hitchcock would have done a split screen. Am I am I having a brain fart and he did do a split screen? Hmm. I doubly suspect it since Brian De Palma uses it so much. I can't think of one. I feel like, I feel like there I, is one though. Are you having that like I, wait a second? I think there is. I feel like I want to say that there's one in rear window, but I don't know if that's right. I might just be thinking of it because like you look at like the apartment windows and yeah. stuff, but all right, let's move on before I start having the Asperger's breakdown, trying to figure out what Hitchcock movie could have possibly <laughs> had split screen on it. Uh, this movie came out the same year as City of the Dead, and uh, it shows uh, just how fucking cool City of the Dead is right there. Yeah, two very different movies. But I mean, I, I mean, 13 Ghosts is fun, you know? Yeah, like I like like the first half. It's just like when it kind of goes down monotony and 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 like it's like an well, hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, to it's now. like well tread path of like, all right, I know, I know this. Like we've seen this before. Yeah, and the fact that it really takes advantage of all of its inventions is is just a shame. All right, why don't we move down to the beast must die? Take it away, Joe. Tom Newcliffe is a millionaire and avid hunter. He is also convinced that someone among the group of individuals he has invited to his home is a werewolf. With an array of tricks up his sleeve, Tom holds his guest hostage until he can discover the wolf's identity and claim his most prized kill. Can you talk to us about the the gimmick in this one? (laughs) So the gimmick of The Beast Must Die... I don't know why I'm closing that. Is that um, you have to, you as the audience member, get to play detective and and guess who in the group of people that are in this house is the werewolf. It's like a whodunit. Like a whodunit. It's like Agatha Christie, Christie. but with a werewolf instead of a murderer, even though a werewolf usually is a murderer. And... uh I really like the beginning of this movie when you kind of see the main dude like working out all the traps that the guy he hired to set up. Yeah, the opening is 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 really cool the way that like you don't know what's going on. Like it looks like he's being forced to play like most dangerous like the most, most dangerous, dangerous game, game which is, has like an element in this in this movie as well. Um but yeah, and, and I really dig that. And then like when it gets to him gathering all the people and telling them what they're there for, which is he suspects one of them is a werewolf and he's going to kill them. Uh, the 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 movie it's like Thirteenth Ghosts, like where it just like it has this cool concept and it doesn't it doesn't really do anything with it. Like I really wish there was more character stuff, but no, there is. Really- there's, There's plenty little, of character stuff just, in it. I, That's all the movie yeah, is. Well, yeah, is but none of the stuff. characters have like any kind of interest or depth or anything to make it like cool to watch. Where I'm like, I'm really in, like invested to find out which one of these people are a fucking killer werewolf. And it's just like, oh, this guy's this guy and this guy's that guy. Peter Cushing's the person who knows all about werewolves, and uh, and uh, we're gonna focus most of our attention with the main character running around with a gun chasing a dog yeah i'm gonna disagree with you on this i (laughs) found i found this movie very enjoyable okay i i remember liking it but i knew there was the danger that it 
it might not hold up because I know that it was a lot of talk and not yeah a lot of action. But when I watched it, I was thoroughly entertained. The the characters keep me perfectly entertained. I I like the the lead guy. Calvin I like the Lockhart. fact that that, that there was in a lot of black exploitation. That's what movies. I mean. I like how that this movie feels like it was trying to kind of cash in on the black exploitation <laughs> thing. Like it even has that fucking soundtrack. Was to that Layla Shefrin? Did I did I see that right? Did he do the music for this? Uh, who I don't know. I don't remember. Oh look, I didn't, I didn't look up the music credit. Okay. But like, and I like how he's like he has this like rich like upper class like James Bond kind of thing. But at the same time, he has this kind of like shaft like you know like very like curt like speaks to you like curtly like yeah whatever or like um like the 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 one guy's like you can't speak to me in that tone. He's just like I just, I just did. did. <laughs> you know, I was like that's fucking cool. Like I like this dude. Um, and I kind of like the idea that. They start flirting with the idea that it's not even like a hunt for him anymore. It's like this obsession. Like it's like his like the great whale. Um and I think yeah. it's funny, but that guy who he's talking to was in a was in Bond movies, I think. I, he looks like somebody yeah. that he he also kind of looks like the guy from uh The Last Crusade, the the evil Nazi. Well, they're all evil <laughs> Nazis and the in real life, in, in yeah, the world. Yeah. I, was just, I, was just, I was about to say in Indiana Jones movies, and then I was like, no, 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 actually, no, no real no, life too. No. Oh yeah, yeah. Oops. All Nazis wow. are bad. Wow, can we delete the past like thirty seconds of this conversation? <laughs> Fucking yeah. And b- by the way, the 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 music credit, like I was reading when I was looking up stuff, they were comparing the score to being a sub. Lalo Schifrin score. Okay. So okay. No, they were just saying that. Yeah. It tries to be. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. one of his like funky. Well, type no, no, scores. that's what that's why I mean. Like you can tell they're just trying to like get that like whole. I mean, I think this movie was even released as Black Werewolf in in certain places. Yes, it was released as <laughs> as Black Werewolf. <laughs> That's awesome, and, and the black werewolf cut does not have the werewolf, the werewolf break. Break. Oh, I would have loved to have been in the audience um, that uh, that saw this when it came out. So when it's like the werewolf, like, all right, can I? Can, do you want me to explain what the werewolf break, or you want to explain the werewolf break? No, you can explain. All right, the so uh, like three fourths into the movie, maybe longer than that. Well, actually, let's let's cut to the beginning. The beginning they give you a chance to settle on yeah, who you think is the werewolf. But the beginning werewolf. has this opening crawl where it's like, hey, this movie's a detective story where you're the detective and we're going to introduce you to all these characters and then there's going to be a break where you're like, oh, hey, this is, uh, you get to guess who's the werewolf. And I would have loved to have been there opening night and then just sitting in this crowded theater and when this thing goes like, all right, time to guess the opening werewolf and just joining everybody and be like, who the fuck cares? <laughs> That's how I thought about the movie. I was just hoping the movie didn't do this thing where it's like, it turns out he's the werewolf. You know what I mean? Uh, if it did that, I wouldn't have even finished. There's actually a lot of twists and turns. Like, yeah, when they know. finally get... Well, it, okay, spoiler well, There was alert. no werewolf, really. It's just a fucking sheepdog <laughs> running dog. around. Yeah, but... <laughs> um, yeah, they... Not only is it not him, like, you, you think, like, that's coming, and it's not, but there's actually, it turns out... I mean, not like from from the beginning, but it turns out that we actually end up with two werewolves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> One of them being his wife, hence black werewolf. 
<laughs> That's not why they probably called it this, but yeah. <laughs> I hope not. Well, I mean, like, no, they did it because it was like a black protagonist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Blackula was black. Uh, Blackenstein was black. So maybe we shouldn't try to whitewash black werewolf. But he wasn't the werewolf. <laughs> but she was. That was the trick. Yeah. Wait, uh, who turned out to be the werewolf at the end? Was it the... Um, it was Michael Gambon's oh, character. Oh, yeah, the, Dumbledore. The, the, the piano guy. Yes. Who, wait, what? He plays Dumbledore in the... The well, the second Dumbledore in the wait. Harry somebody movies. in this movie went on to have a career. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, he's probably the well, yeah the one of the well besides you are definitely. so negative on this movie. I'm yeah, baffled this by movie, that. This movie could have been so fucking cool, and it wasn't. And does yeah, it, it could have been you know, a little more slam bang. But I mean, for what it is, I I think it was a fine little movie. I would have loved yeah, to watch. It. Quentin Tarantino remake this. He does that like people trapped in a room trying it's to figure out. called the Hateful Eight. Yeah, and or Reservoir <laughs> Dogs, where they're like trying to figure out who's this guy. <laughs> That's true. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he does these really well, and he really like lights <laughs> up the characters. And I, I think he would have made like a really fun. The Beast Must Die. Was Calvin Lockhart still alive at that point? Is he? Is he still alive? We're I fi- find out real quick. Again. The research that goes into the show. Um, <laughs> wasn't he in Predator Two? I think yeah, he, has a he was. <laughs> he was. His name was like King Willie or something. Something Willie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin Lockhart. I recognized him because I saw him and I was like trying to figure out where I'd seen him, and it was actually I recognized him from Coming to America, <laughs> that okay. movie. He had like a small part in that. Mm. Cotton comes to Harlem, which is one of my favorite oh, exploitation yeah. movies. Black exploitation is a genre that I never thought that like I would. Dark of the Sun, he's in. Have you ever seen Dark of the Sun? No. Oh wow, that's a movie that I'm going to put on your list. Okay. Um, I never thought it would be something that I would enjoy, but I'm I'm finding in my in my old age, like as, as I see some of them now and then, I black exploitation. Oh, yeah. I I find that I actually enjoy pretty much all of them that I've seen yeah, so far. Yeah, there, there's, there's so many good ones, and they, they go all over the place. Like, there's, like, ones that are, like, made by studios that are, like, legitimate films that aren't real black exploitation, but they, they, they have, like, a black element to them, uh, like, across 110th Street. That's yeah, so yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, but then there are, like, the Dolomite and, uh, and fucking Superfly, uh, Truck Turner. Like Superfly those- is a great movie. Truck Turner is one of my favorites too. That one's like super Isaac fun. Hayes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny is uh, it, it's kind of like I, I always try have a hard time explaining like what black exploitation is to people. Like, you're, like sometimes even just exploitation, I like try to like yeah make it e- into terms. exploitation is kind of a tricky one to put yeah. a, because a definition are, yeah. on to, to people who are just because black exploitation you just say exploitations for like the, right. that market right know? but then right. you have to explain what exploitation but yeah some a lot of people of just film they think it's just like you know it's like exploiting children or something like that you know and and black exploitation has just like a, a weird kind of vibe yeah. when you say yeah, it. yeah yeah but yeah, it's yeah. basically i mean i always consider like a lot of the black exploitations it's like cops and robbers except it's like cops and like gangsters and stuff like that some of them yeah i mean there, there's always not all of them have a no, no, no element not all of them blackula yeah. obviously doesn't um 
I feel like there there's got to be a few others that aren't. But yeah, like across 110th Street has that kind of vibe yeah. to it, where it's just it's just gangsters versus cops or detectives. All right. Anybody want to say their favorite part about the Beast Must Die? I will say the sort of double reveal at the end, like when they're trying to work it out and then he um, gets the idea to have them all put one of the silver bullets in their mouth. Which is kind of like one of those things where you're like, all right, why didn't you just do this in the fucking get-go? Well, even... (laughs) There's a lot of like little things, like little plot holes like yeah, that. Yeah. That it's, like I mean like I mean we got an hour and a half to something that why like, alert them that they're being like held there to like he thinks that one of them's a vamp like a Oh yeah, a he should have definitely like like could have been sneaky about it. Yeah, you know, or like something. or definitely like uh uh what's the word I'm looking for? Really like treated them well and make them feel like really appreciating that they're there for a good time and all that. Um instead of them like actively trying to hide who they are. Yeah. Leave like uh, uh, people around, like like the butlers and stuff, as like live bait. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's so much cool stuff that this could have been. And yeah, it's not perfect, but I still had a fun time yeah, with it. You know, I think my favorite part is probably the the most dangerous game in the beginning. I, I really like the way it opened. Yeah, it was like a completely. Yeah. I didn't expect it yeah, to I, open up like that. Yeah, but, you I, know, I was, I was, it was like a James Bond opening. You know, which. Speaking of which, he like I like that he has like a, a Q type guy. Yeah, that does his uh, yes, yeah, all his, his technology tech. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I like the reveal of his corpse after the dog got him. <coughs> you know, we didn't even really talk about Peter Cushing in this movie. I don't know if you wanted right. to. Well, we'll get to that. Okay. I mean, there's not much, but yeah, uh, yeah, they don't really give him much to do. He has a weird accent in this movie. Yeah, I wasn't. Was he supposed to be like German or something? I I, I forget what what he was supposed to be, but I it it, it was interesting hearing him do a, a, a slight accent. Um, if I can go back to the 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 uh, the black exploitation element again for a minute. In a way, this is like 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 you'd say like them trying to like peek into that market, but like at the same time, it's almost the anti exploitation because the fact that that he's black actually never gets called on ever that's true but like it's still like you can tell that they like the idea that you had this black dude who had a fucking like mansion you know what i mean he had a gorgeous wife like it really like built the fact that this guy like was self-made and he was given all these white dudes shit like, you know what I mean? Even though it's never really... It's like Night of the Living Dead, where nobody ever, like, says anything about racism, but you know, like, that's, like, in the undercurrent completely. Yeah, I guess. Um, Did you guys have a guess for when the, uh, the I was, guessing I was, moment? I was, I was just you didn't care? For, yeah, we didn't <laughs> the end. I was just like, I hope it's not him. I remember I've seen this movie before too. I saw this when it first came out on DVD, and I I, I think I kind of liked it, but I guess I didn't because I couldn't remember it, and there wasn't much to remember when I rewatched it. I mean, it does have slow parts. So like I, I I I've been kind of exhausted lately, but I did fall asleep during it. But I I yeah, I made yeah, it a point to to watch it again though. Joe, I think you're on your own. Do you like this one? No, I like it. Do you like this more than Thirteen Ghosts? Yeah. I like 13 Ghosts more. Okay. By a hair. 
<laughs> no. By like several hairs. City of the Dead is like fucking, the best one. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, there's a weird like this happens sometimes. Uh, this is like the only thing I wrote down. But like there, like with the movies we do, there's always like there's sometimes like a weird connection that we didn't know. Yeah. This one has a connection to uh, City of the, De- the Dead. Yeah, they're both made by Amicus. Well, other than that, I didn't actually know the first one was Amicus until you shed some light. But uh, well, was, they weren't Amicus at the time. They they became Amicus, but it was all the like it was the Amicus people that made it. Right. It wasn't the, it was an Amicus yet, but the uh, the narrator for when they do the uh, the werewolf break the werewolf break is uh, Jethro or the actor. Who oh, played Jethro okay, yeah, that's neat. In City of the Dead, so I just thought that was huh. weird. That that's right. That. So he continued uh, being a disembodied voice after City of the Dead and started working on bad B movies. <laughs> so. <laughs> How many fucking witch movies have we done in like the past like six weeks? At least two. Uh, no. <laughs> I can think of. Mortuary, witches. Witchfinder General. There were no uh, witches. It was just a seance. There right? were witches. Mortuary. Yeah, there were witches. They were doing witchcraft. I thought it was just like housewives doing a seance. It's not really a driving plot element. It's the, it, were, were there fucking witches or were there not witches in mortuary? Yes or no? Well, they yeah, might, all right. They might not witches. Yeah, but they might not be witches. They might just be they bored were, housewives were, yeah, in robes. Yeah, they're 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 witches. Um, Witchfinder general. Let the record show that John believes that all single housewives are Doing witches. Cre- creepy seance shit. It makes you witch. They were part of a coven. They even said it. Coven. They're, they're not married. Coven. They're a witch. Covert. 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 Coven. <laughs> they were. They were witches. They were doing seance shit. They even fucking brought up spirits of the dead. How much more witchy can you get? All right. Witchfinder general. There's witches in mortuary. Which is funny because in Witchfinder General, technically there, there are, are no, no witches. witches. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. The one with the fucking word in the title has the least amount of witches. All right, um, City of the Dead. What am I? What else am I forgetting? What did we do with uh, At Midnight? I'll take your soul. What was that with? There's at, a witch in At Midnight. I'll take your soul. There is. Yeah, there's the. So that's three. The witch lady. Castle of Blood. No witches. They're vampire ghosts. <laughs> but what did we do with at midnight i'll take your soul uh we did brotherhood of satan which which is yeah which is there's more than two right there it's a it's a popular like villain for these movies Five. yeah for halloween time witches show up a lot <laughs> like the movies i watch in october that's five am i forgetting any? what mo- castle of blood and lady frankenstein lady frankenstein no watches well, hey, Frank is ending that much at all. Could have used a few witches. Could have used a whole fucking lot of a lot of. <coughs> Andrew, why don't you sign us out? Tell tell the. Whoa, 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 whoa! Oh, we got more to talk about. About what? What, what else do we have to talk about? For well, we could talk a little bit about if we've seen anything that we want to tell people. We can also argue more about the beast must die. <laughs> Talk about something besides The Beast Must Die, and I'll, I'll, I'll trudge along with you. I'll watch The Beast Must Die again before I watch Messiah of Evil again. That's, that's the <laughs> fucking dumbest fucking thing. 
<laughs> Ever. Ever. Are there are there witches in Messiah of Evil? No. No. I'm just fucking around. Just an albino guy that eats <laughs> rats. Who just drives around the which is uh, Which is already infinitely cooler than your lead villain being a dog. <laughs> they could have done better with the werewolf. Yeah, yeah they could have had like a fucking... Yeah. Anything but a dog. The movie's literally a, a dude with a gun chasing a dog around. That's that's it. If you cut all, all the good stuff of Messiah Evil, it's still been better than watching this dude chase around the fucking dog. Different strokes. Some... It's supposed to be a werewolf and it's a fucking sheep dog. A were what? A werewolf. Were sheep. <laughs> it's a fucking sheep dog. Werewolf. werewolf. I still don't get it. Wolf. They're wolf. <laughs> a werewolf. A werewolf. That's what it is. A wolf. Well, okay. So, like, all right. Yeah, it's a it's a wolf. Yeah. And what what what? How do dogs bark? Like, what do, what do they? What noise do they make? Wolf. <laughs> I don't. I, I still don't hear it. I, I'm saying wolf. It's a werewolf. Okay. A were what? <laughs> well, I don't know why we're talking about werewolves in this fucking movie. Because it's, it's a dog. It's a dog. It's saying. a fucking sheep dog. It's a it's a it's a shaggy sheep dog running around and blows up a helicopter. <laughs> All right. Did anybody have anything they want to throw out there that they've watched lately? No, I haven't seen anything. <laughs> you were just at the Horathon. You got nothing you want to We've mention? Already, I'm not, I'm not going to have a phony conversation about movies we already talked about. I refuse to do that. Did you already talk we about We didn't even talk movies? about I, them. I texted you what they were. I'll talk to you about The Last Shark, and that's it. Okay, The good. Last Shark was one of the most beautiful things I've ever <laughs> okay, seen. Okay, that's what I was looking for. <laughs> Jesus. All right, so anyway, we saw The Last Shark... It is a shameless Jaws ripoff that has the. It seemed like a high school from Florida, like the AV class, got together to make a Jaws ripoff for their like to graduate. Like, do you remember when that fan made film that kid that remade Raiders of the Lost Ark on a Super Eight? Do you remember that? Yeah. Well, imagine that, but with Jaws, and they got like their teachers to play like Quint, like Vic Morrow was in it for some reason. They get, mm-hmm. I guess they got they found Vic Morrow and they gave him a hundred dollars and a six pack to play Quint. <laughs> and uh and uh the 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 shark, the killer shark is sometimes a, a children's toy. And at other times I'm guessing I'm guessing these kids they um they they uh they uh their their high school football team's mascot is a shark and they just have the head of a great white. So that like pops out of the water sometimes. It looks like um, I work on Ocean City, the boardwalk, and there's a mini golf course with this fake great white shark on it. It's like this 20-foot fake great white shark that they have hanging up. And when I was watching that movie, I was like, oh, this is that thing's movie. Like that, that mini <laughs> golf shark has a movie. It's a really bad Italian Jaws ripoff. It was directed by the guy who did Inglorious Bastards. Okay. Not Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, the original, the original the World War Two. Fred Williamson and who's the, the other big name? There's another name in, in Glorious Bastards. Fred Williamson and and, and uh, oh well, whatever. Who gives a fuck? Anyway, this movie's it's it's terrific. Yeah. It's like imagine like a really shitty Jaws ripoff with Herschel Gordon Lewis fucking special effects and gore. Yeah. Like this dude gets his 
he's hanging off a helicopter and gets his legs bitten off by this <laughs> shark that somebody whipped up like in 12 minutes. And then they blow up the shark and you see the model underwater and like its head <laughs> just falls <laughs> off. Yeah, just leaves its body. <laughs> um, I got to say the, because it's like half the effects were like that or is that kind of like goriness. Yeah. But the other half are just like if anyone's in a boat and gets attacked by the shark or on a surfboard, they just geyser out of the water. Oh my God. It's like they get fucking <laughs> torpedoed. Um, but yeah, good luck finding that. I mean, is it is it available anywhere? Like, I mean... Oh, no, it's on YouTube. Is I, it? I watched it on YouTube when I got home that day. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't, like, watch it, watch it. Like, I put it on while I was doing things because yeah. I just couldn't sleep. But, like, every time out here. And every time the shark came out of the water, it <laughs> Like, remember how the shark screams in Jaws 4? Well, this one has, like, this, like, <laughs> this, like, primal, like, Godzilla, like, like, bestial call every time it just, like, sticks its head out. It was great. I loved it. The last shark. Would you take it over the Jaws sequels? It's my second favorite shark movie of all time. <laughs> There's a scene where the where the people are, are fighting the shark underwater and they go into a cave and the shark just like meticulously meticulously and brilliantly covers the cave with rocks <laughs> so that they can't get out. <laughs> Like and it like it sits there like because apparently the, the people who made the movie didn't know that great whites have to swim constantly to breathe. So the shark's just kind of like hovering and then like will bump its nose into yeah. rocks until the just cave pat the rocks in place. And like, and like like Jaws two is a better movie, I guess. But the but the the mix of like the sh- like uh, that like shameless ex- Italian exploitation ripoff element. It's like it's pumped up to eleven for this. And add like you know, just like like I said, the Herschel Gordon Lewis type gore and production value. I just had like a fucking ball watching it. And yeah, I'd, I'd watch it over any other Killer Shark movie besides you know <coughs> the obvious Killer Shark movie. I not that long ago, unfortunately, watched uh, Tintorera, and I wish I could have that two you, hours of my know, life back. Do you know who did Tintorera? Tintorera. Tintorera, the man who directed the brilliant um, abstract art film House of a Thousand Cats. Oh, wow. Or is it Night of a Thousand Cats? It's Night of a Thousand Cats. Night of a Thousand Cats. Yeah. They both have Hugo Stiglitz. Good old. And one of them is very entertaining, and one of them is not. Oh wow! There's more going on Night of a Thousand Cats than there is in. Oh yeah, there's a fuck ton more going on in. You didn't like Night of a Thousand Cats? I did, but it's really just a guy driving around a helicopter, flirting with trolling people. Exactly, and and it's amazing. And then then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he picks up a cat, throws it (laughs) like a football. And it lands in a room with millions of cats. It's not really a thousand cats. There's like 300 cats. It's like a little less than my mom's house. <laughs> but there's a lot of cats. Yeah, but he's like killing people and feeding them to the cats and oh, yeah, keeping yeah, yeah. heads oh, in jars. Oh, no, no, no. Night of a Thousand Cats is going to have its day on here. Like I'm waiting for like a little bit while longer where it's a little less in my brain. Okay. I, I oh uh, the one scene I remember the most is where it's a b- little bit it's been years it's it's not like I think that says a lot that you're 
You're oh, still yeah, thinking yeah. about it. Well, well, well. The scene of the guy throwing the cat into the den of cats, <laughs> and the scene where he's just like hovering in his in his helicopter, and then he's like doing these like s- signals to this girl, and it took me like three hours to get that he was sent telling her his telephone number. Oh while, yeah, like, sticking like different fingers up. I was like, what is he doing to that young lady? I remember after we we saw that we. Came- out of the theater on a break and everyone was just like what the fuck yeah. just happened what what year was that what did they play with that oh man i don't even know oh no i don't i don't remember what year it was it was somewhere in that post year three wilderness yeah was that year five was that the b-side year where it was like everything was maybe like random madness because I feel like Josh had an opinion about that movie, so that means it has to be kind of early. I miss Josh. I do, too. He was in the Bahamas one. R.I.P. Josh. <laughs> <laughs> He's still alive and well. Obviously, we just went to the Bahamas. <laughs> I remember Danger coming out of the theater and just being like, that man is my hero. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because he's just because he's just cats and has a helicopter. Because he's flying a helicopter around, like picking up w- women who should be utterly terrified of him. Yet they're flashing him their phone numbers with their fingers. And in the seventies, like helicopters are the coolest fucking things, aren't they? <laughs> we take that for granted now. R.I.P. Helicopters. <laughs> Anything else we would like to add? I mean, we could you, you can reach us at all of our uh, fucking uh, social media stuff. Um, <laughs> you know where to find us. Yeah, just look for Late Night Psychorama anything. Night, spelled N-I-T-E, on Instagram, Facebook, email address is just latenightpsychorama at gmail.com. Email us, please. Make us feel like somebody's out there. <laughs> All right, kids. Uh, Thanks for listening in this late October hour. May you have a good night and happy Halloween. Wear a polyester suit. Act happy. Look cute. Get a haircut and buy small gear. (laughs) What? Wait, what? I thought you were singing something for a second. It's Man of War. It's it's from All Men Play All Time. All right. Have a very Man of War Halloween. Apparently, we were going to. <laughs> Good night. See ya. Stop it, please. For God's sake, please stop it. There's no more time. You've got to. Please stop it. Stop it now. Turn it off. Turn it off. Stop it. 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 Stop it.